0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church and welcome to our podcast. I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Y'all, I'm fired up this morning. Somebody said that to me the other day. He said, you've been just on fire lately. Just fire it up. You know what it is? I just—I don't care anymore. I—I don't—I don't don't care what you think. I don't care. I don't care what the world thinks. I want to see a move of God. I I don't want to be a dead church. I want to be alive. What, what's the purpose of serving God? And it's boring and it's dull. And you're just going through the motions. And you're just going through the routine. What's the purpose in that? That's not what I see when I read the Bible. That's not what I see in the New Testament. That's not what I see. I see the church growing. I see the church expanding. I see the church moving forward. I see God moving. Amen? Come on, y'all. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you, God, for today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and give us your thoughts, your heart, your mind, your purpose, your plan for our life and for the world. We love you. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team this morning. All right, who's got a Bible? Who's got a Bible? Pull out your Bible, pull out your Bible. Who's got a Bible on their phone? Pull out your Bible on your phone. Go with me, Luke. Go with me to Luke 15. Preached a message a couple weeks ago called Lost. Did not intend for it to be a series, but you just followed the Lord. You follow the leading of the Lord, and he just takes it where he wants to go. And so welcome to week three of Lost. Taking notes, put down the coin. Lost coin, lost coin. Um, it's amazing what we value changes over time. Right? Uh, got to go to Chicago for two days with Jess the other week, it was nice. Hey, by the way, can we, yeah, hold, on, hold on. Can we give it up for Pastor Ryan Wonderly? He did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. We're so blessed. To have people in the house that can speak, so we went to Chicago for two days. Went and saw Wicked. It was awesome. Uh, put up that next picture. Trying to take a selfie. I told Jess, "This is what I'm going to start posting to Instagram." Okay, I mean, this is the real, real. Okay. Went to Chicago a couple days. Came back. Got back, and I was laying in bed uh, with two of the boys. Uh, Luke and um, Ben. <laughs> who I couldn't remember my son's name? <laughs> I'm a terrible father. <laughs> I in bed with Luke and Ben. And um, I was just talking with them. How many of you know, like, sometimes it's the best thing you can do as a father is just spend some time with your kids when they're going to bed. If, if you If you'll talk to them, they'll talk back to you. Okay, so I was just talking with them loving on them, and then uh, either me or Jess, we pray with them every night, and, and so I was just praying with them, and, uh, and I thought to myself, it's interesting, because in my 20s, going to Chicago, that was kind of like home, I felt like, like I didn't want to leave. Any of you ever felt that way? I know you feel that way when you go to the beach, you're like, I do not want to leave this place. But I remember like in my 20s, I would feel like, I don't want to leave, I I love this place. It had a part of my heart. But it's funny how over time, older you get, your values change. And so I enjoyed going there for a couple days, but I wanted to get back home to my boys because what do I value? I value my boys. I value time with them, I value my family. And so I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how, you know, you... Probably zero to seven, you value mom and dad and your brother and your sister and exploring things. And then, you know, probably seven to 12, it's toys and candy and candy and more candy and just candy and um, and it's games like kickball. How many of you remember kickball? Okay, I just wanna see a bunch of 40-year-olds playing kickball. Yeah. Or like Red Rover, how many of you remember Red Rover? I don't even think they play that game anymore but that was a dangerous, fun game, okay? I love dangerous, fun things, okay? 10 to 15, it's video games, and I know there's a bunch of adult men in here that it's like, it's still video games, okay? Um, or your first crush, you know, 15 till whenever, it's about finding the one, right, okay? Gotta find the one. And Can I just say this to all of our single people in the house? Don't put God in a box. Like, like he'll, he'll bring that person in a lot of different ways. And number one, don't, don't, don't worry about it. God knows. He knows the timing, okay? Um, you know, and you got your 20s, it's college, it's weddings, it's friends, it's new adventures, your 30s, it's family, it's work, making your mark, trying to figure out marriage, trying to figure out who you are. Your 40s, you start You start figuring out life a little bit. And one of the things you really start to figure out in your 40s is this, life isn't all about you. It's not all about you. Life's about other people and the legacy that you'll leave to those people. You get into your 50s and your 60s and you realize what? Time's not on my side anymore. And that's not a shot. That's just a reality. You're in your 50s and your 60s. You understand that time is of the essence. You have a small window of time left to make an impact on people and make a mark on this world. Get to your 70s to the end. It's really about what? Just love. Just loving people. Most scholars say that John, at the end of his life, really only said three words. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. It's amazing how your values change over time. And what we believe is important, and what we believe value-wise changes the older we get. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sneaker guy. You guys know this, right? Okay, yeah, just just a little bit. Just a little bit. And back in the day, I was all about like just, you know, I'm I'm going to collect these things and I'm going to just put them up in a shelf and they're just going to be pristine and they're going to be perfect and they're going to just be precious, my precious. You know what I mean, right? Like a little golem. You're like get your clothes. You're like, my precious, you know? The older you get, you realize like, I'm not taking this to the other side. I'm not taking this to the other side. The older you get, you realize what stuff really is. It's just stuff that's gonna burn. When we cross over to the other side, all this stuff is just gonna burn. It's just stuff. See, the older you get, your perspective has to change. How you see life has to change. And so Jesus shares this story in Luke. He shares three stories about what really matters to God. So go with me, Luke chapter 15, verse eight. Jesus gave them another parable, it says. There was once a woman who had 10 valuable silver coins, Okay, and these coins at that day and time would have probably been worth twelve hundred dollars a piece. So this means that she has now lost what twelve thousand dollars. It's a rough day. When she lost them, she did what? She swept the entire house, searching every every nook and cranny for the lost coins. Have you ever lost something before? How many of you lose your remote control? Like just every day, every day. This is me every day, every day. I'm just like, who moved the remote again? Where is the Apple remote? Where is it at? And you're like, oh, thank God. I'm grounding everybody in this house. She's searching for what? Her lost coins. She's looking. Every nook, every corner, every crevice, every place. She's tearing her house apart. She's looking for what she has lost. And so would you if you lost $12,000. says this. When she finally found it, she gathered all of her friends and her neighbors for a celebration, telling them, Come celebrate with me. I lost my precious silver coins, but now I've found it. it says this that's how God responds. That's how God responds. Every time one lost sinner repents and returns to him. He says to his angels, let's have a joyous celebration. Look, I've been to some good celebrations here on earth, but I can't wait to get to the parties in heaven. I mean that. I can't wait to celebrate with God. For the one that was lost says, now I've found. Point number one today is this. Lost people. What does God value? People. Who does God value? You and I. What does God care about? Humanity. What is God doing? Searching every nook and corner of this world to reach lost people. What does God value? He values the lost. We see this started out with the first parable. It's one out of 100. He says, I'll leave the 100 sheep to go after the one. We talked about that in week one. Uh, Week two, we talked about the two lost sons. And I know I went out of order. I'm sorry about that for all you, you know, uh, people that like the exact order. I went out of order. And then today we're talking about what? We're talking one out of 10. What is God showing us? He's showing us how valuable People are to God. Now, here's the deal. Let me ask a question. And I know sometimes I ask questions and they're simple questions. and You think I'm tricking you. This is actually a tougher question, okay? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll actually give somebody a golden star today, okay? If you, it's like Sunday school, okay? I'll give you a golden star if you answer this question. What would have been on that coin in that day in time, the coins that she lost? Can anybody tell me? You guys are smart people. Give it up for everybody. Golden stars for everybody today, okay? Wonderful. You're gonna have extra crowns in heaven, right? Caesar. Okay, so I need you to understand this. In this story, Jesus really isn't talking about coins. He's not really talking about money. He's not really talking about Caesar, but what is on the coin matters because I'm gonna show you why it matters here in a second. What Jesus really, really, really cares about is the world and the coins represent what? They represent humanity. Now, I asked the Lord this the other day, why 10 coins? Why 10 coins? Why, why is there 10 coins? Why aren't we searching for the one coin? And this is what he responded back to me. He said, because there's a lot of different people in this world. There's a lot of different people in this world. There's black people, there's white people, there's pale people, I'm trying not to be one of those pale people in this day and time, okay? There's light-skinned people, there's red people, there's mixed people. Come on, somebody, come on. They all matter to God. God's in love with them. He doesn't care what skin color they have, He loves people. So he has 10 different coins. He goes, there's a lot of different people. There's a lot of different cultures. There's a lot of different people that look very different. But to me, they are valuable to me. They matter to me. And here's the deal. What's important to understand is when God makes people, and I'm gonna show you that this is something that we believe at Elevate Church, that God makes people. Psalm chapter 139 verse 13 says, you form me, my innermost being, shaping the delicate inside parts of me, the intricate outside. You wove me together in my mother's womb. Where does life start in the womb? Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? Genesis chapter one, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, Male and female, he created them. So what I'm saying is this. When God makes you, when God makes a brother and sister in Christ, when God makes somebody, he makes them with what? The image of God. So the coin right? The coin had a picture of Caesar on it. But what do you bear? What image do you bear? You bear the image of God. So when God's talking about lost coins, he's talking about lost people that what? Bear the image of God. So you got to get this. Just because somebody's lost And I think we're in a time that is so judgmental Can't get an amen from anybody. We're judging everybody. We're judging everybody's intentions. We're judging everybody's thoughts. We're judging everybody's posts. We're judging people that have different views. We're judging people that look different than us. We're just in a season and time that we're judging everybody, and if they don't line up exactly the way that we do, if they don't look exactly the way we do, if they don't believe exactly the way we do, we do what? We just judge them, and we think to ourselves, they're just lost. But I need you to get this. Just because somebody is lost doesn't mean they lost their value to God. Why? They still bear the image of God. They were created in his image that hasn't changed. See, God sees them And listen, can I just be honest? He sees us because, listen, sometimes, sometimes even though we're in this room on Sunday mornings, we're just as lost as people are in the world. Don't act all self-righteous. You're like, oh, no, 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 that ain't me. Sometimes we're just as lost. And here's the deal. When God sees them and when God sees us, he sees the same thing, his image. His image. Right? We bear his image, okay? Look, check this out. Sometimes we are lost. Sometimes we're lost in things like pride, right? There's these moments where we think, I I, I know better than God does, right? I want to be in control of my time. I want to be in control of my money. I want to be in control of my kid's future. I want to be in control of what I believe and perceive as the word of God and how I see it. Sometimes we are lost in our own pride. So so look, sometimes people are lost in sexual confusion. The enemy is so good at tricking people. Did you hear what I read earlier? God made them male and female. So he designed who they are. He said who they are. He created them who they are why cuz he's a creator he's a designer he is god right sometimes sometimes we're lost that way sometimes we're lost in our own passions sometimes you believe you know what's best for you and what will make you happy you think that new new look at your neighbor and say that new new okay say that new new okay say that new new that that new new relationship right right that relationship you think that new relationship's going to make you happy right you think that food is gonna make you happy. You think that job is gonna make you happy? You think that new city is gonna make you happy? You think having more than somebody else is gonna make you happy? You think that power is gonna make you happy? Sometimes we're lost. Sometimes we're lost in pain. Sometimes we're lost in trauma. Sometimes we're lost in disappointment and fear and anxiety and worry. You know, you know when I get lost. In disappointment is when I have unhealthy thoughts of what God wants to do, when I have different expectations than what actually God wants to do. I get lost. Sometimes I get lost in anxiety, why? Because I just take my eyes off of Jesus, right? Sometimes I get fearful. Why? Because sometimes the Lord is asking me, he's asking us to what? Come out and walk on the water with him in faith and keep our eyes locked on him. But sometimes as I'm walking on the water in faith, I start looking around and I see the wind and I see the waves and I see the rain and I see the thunder and I see the lightning. I get lost. We get lost. Sometimes we get lost in pain and trauma because we just keep Jesus at a distance as we're going through that. Sometimes we get lost in bad decisions. But what is this passage showing us? Just because we get lost or people in the world get lost, it doesn't mean you lose your value. You still bear the image of God. You still have God on you. And listen, the devil's so good at convincing you that you no longer have value to God. He's so good at telling you you have no value to God or other people or the people around you. But here's the deal. I believe that God wants to remind you of something today. Something really important for you to get. And this is what I think he wants to remind you is this. The devil can only do one thing really, really good. It's called lying. It's the only thing you can do. Why? The word says that he's the father of lies. Every word he speaks is a lie. Even if he desperately wanted to tell you truth, he couldn't. It would still come out as what? A lie. And what's happening right now? He is working overtime because he understands the word. Listen, I'm telling you, the devil, we don't give him credit for what he is. He is a good liar. He's a real good liar, and he understands the word better than you understand the word. And he's looking at the world, and he's going, this thing's wrapping up. This thing is coming to an end. He understands right now, I got to work overtime to what? To convince people that they are no longer valuable to God, that God has no plan for their life, that God doesn't want to use their life, that God has forgotten about them. Come on, somebody. He's working overtime to what? To convince you. Please understand, please, please, please. You have to be reminded who God says you are. You bear the image of God. You were created in the image of God with a purpose and a plan to be used by God. God knows you. He knows who you are. You got to get this. You got to understand that you're a part of God's plan to what? To destroy the devil's agenda. You're a part of it. But you got to understand who you are. You got to walk with some confidence. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Listen. Get some swagger right? Walk with your head up. Walk with some confidence. I'm not talking about walking in pride and ego and in those things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about walking with some confidence because you know, guess what? The God of the universe loves me. The God of the universe made me. The God of the universe has me. The God of the universe is protecting me. The God of the universe is making a way where there is no way. The God of the universe is for me. He's not against me. The God of the universe wants to use my life for great things. So all of a sudden, you wake up differently. You wake up with mission. You wake up with purpose. You wake up and go, I'm not going to work to just do a job. I'm on mission at work. There are people there that need to know that they were made in the image of God. Come on, somebody. The Lord's just been dealing in my heart. We're just just letting opportunities pass us by all the time. I got waitresses and waiters and baristas and cashiers and all kinds of people that I come into contact with. And they desperately need what? They desperately need to be reminded, you're a child of God. God loves you. Man, I was, oh my gosh. It was me, Ben and Luke the other night. We were at the Hibachi place in Middletown. And there's this this little old couple. They were so cute on a date. They were in their 70s on a date, y'all, okay? And they were sitting, they go, we've never been here before. And I was like, well, it's gonna be a good night, okay? (laughs) And they were like, can you help us? And so I'm helping them read the menu. And they were like, do you mind if you order for us? I'm like, oh, I got you. you know, I'm just, you know what I mean? And I just thought to myself, I'm just gonna love on this little, little couple right here. And, and so the night goes on and we're eating our food and they're eating. And I just felt the overwhelming presence of God. Just go, just love on them and tell them who I am. I grabbed this man's hand, I just looked at him, and I said, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He always said to me, he said, I haven't been to church in a long time. He had a tear just run down his face. Come on, y'all. Come on. What matters to God? What's valuable to God? All these people we come into contact with every day, reminding them who you are, they are. But you gotta know who you are. You gotta know who you are. You gotta know that God's not angry at you. You gotta know that God's not frustrated with you. You gotta know that his mercies are new every morning. You gotta know that his grace abounds when you make mistakes and have failures. You gotta know that he wants you to win. Come on, somebody. You gotta know. Point number two is this. It's party, party. I love that God is pro-party. Do You know there's a thing called the marriage supper of the Lamb, Feast of the Lamb, that we're gonna party with God for seven years? A seven-year party? That's gonna be a great seven years, y'all. And listen, I know, like, in church, I think, like, we don't really we don't really grab on to things like that. Like, I've grabbed on to that. No, I mean that. You know why? Because I'm more excited to see Jesus than to be in this world. Yes. Uh, just be honest with you, I can't wait to see Jesus. You know, I know everybody's like, well, wait till I retire, or wait till I get married. You know, I was talking to Michael the other day, and Michael's like, can God just wait until I get married? And you know what I mean? I'm like... Come on, y'all, you remember what it was like when you were 18 years old, come on. I'm excited, I'm excited to celebrate with Jesus. Let me read this part to you. When they finally found it, when they found what? You and I. Do you know that when you gave your life to Jesus, there was a great party in heaven? There was a celebration in heaven? It says, When they finally found it, they gathered all the friends and neighbors to celebrate. Come celebrate with me. Verse 10, this is what it says. That's the way God responds. Every time one lost sinner returns to him, he says to his angels, let's have a joyous celebration for the one who was lost is now found. Listen, we had couple of weeks ago we had an awesome day. We had a baptism Sunday. How many of you remember baptism Sunday? Come on, we get real loud. come on, play that video behind me real quick. Come on, get real loud. Look at this. Look at this. Get real loud for what God did a couple weeks ago. Do you know that when that happened, there was a party in heaven? Right? Can I just be honest with you about one of the things that bothers me so much about church life? People just get dull. and and we forget. You know, we were singing, (laughs) we were singing that song, Oh the Cross. And I was just worshiping the Lord, and the Lord reminded me. I'm a mess without him. My life would be a mess without Jesus. Your life would be a mess without the grace of Jesus Christ, without his blood that was shed. It just reminded me when I gave my life to Jesus. I was so lost. I was so far away from Jesus. But you know what I hate about church is that we get we get saved and, and we become a part of the church and there's this season and this time that you're just a new young believer and you're hungry and you're passionate about the things of God. And I just, what I hate about church is that that season when it wears off. and we just come to church and we're just like, just entertain me, just make me happy, tell me what I wanna hear, give me a little nugget, give me a little self-help, give me just a little moment and I'll just go on my week and guess what, by tomorrow morning, by Monday morning, I'll forget everything that happened and, and I'll just go into my mundane life and just, go through the motions and I'll just show back up next week and we'll just go through the motions all over again. This is not what I see in the Bible. Me and Jessica, we were talking about this on the way, on our trip, she said, the people in the Bible lived extreme. They lived extreme lives for Jesus. They they left everything. They left homes, they left families, they left jobs, they left everything to pursue Jesus. We just boil it down, just going, hey, if you would just kindly show up just maybe show up for church and just go through the motions. And we forget what is so valuable. It's the grace of God. It's his blood that was shed. It was that he overcame so that you could overcome. He was raised from the dead so that you could be raised in life with Jesus. We forget. And we just boil it down to this, just this little thing we put God in this box, and we're just like, here, God, you just stay over there, and we're just gonna go through emotions. I'm just I'm just not interested in that. I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna lead a church like that. I just don't. I wanna lead a church that is hungry for Jesus. I wanna lead a church that's hungry for the things of God. I wanna lead a church that wants to be a part of the celebration. Listen, there's only one thing you can bring to heaven, and it is souls, people, souls, and people. That's it. That's the only thing you can bring to heaven. But I have this deep, deep desire that when I get to heaven, when I stand before Jesus, I can go, hey, look at all these people I brought to you to party with you. Look at all these people that I brought to the celebration. Have you ever not been invited to a party? You're like, I know Sarah had her 30th birthday, you know what, I didn't even wanna go because I bet it was lame. You're like, no, you're really, you're just salty. Why? Because you weren't invited. You know what the worst is? Is when you just don't know. You get to work, somebody goes, man, we were at Bob's house, and we had this big old party and this big old celebration. We did this and this and this. And you're like, bro, I didn't even know. Can we we make sure that the people we come into contact with every day knows? I mean this. Look, we're going to three services. Why? We want to reach more people. We want you to tell everybody you come into contact with, hey, do you know Jesus? One of the easiest things that you can ask somebody, I promise you, promise you, promise you, they will not say no, is when you say, hey, can I pray for you? Ask your waitress, hey, can I pray for you? I've had waitresses, I've had cashiers, I've had, I had a guy in Chicago, all kinds of different people. They'll never say no. And once they say yes, there's your moment. You pray for them, you believe with them, you bless them, and then when you're done, you say, hey, listen, I need you to come with me to my amazing church. I need to show you Jesus Christ. Amen? We gotta bring people to the party. We gotta remind people who they are. We gotta remind them. You bear the image of God. And no matter how lost you may feel that you are, Jesus is right around the corner. He's right around the corner. He's standing there. He's waiting for them. Amen? Would you close your eyes this morning? Lord, I shared what you wanted me to. Lord, my words don't hold any weight. Yours do. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would Press into us how valuable people are. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would remind us daily. God, I ask that when we're walking through our days and we're going to work and we're at school and we're going to the store, God, I ask that you would give us just different vision, different eyes to see people that we would see them through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would see through them through divine perspective. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, just as you filled your people in the last days, you filled them and equipped them and empowered them with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, just say, Lord, fill me. Come on, just say, Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with your grace, Fill me. Lord, you gave Peter the words when he didn't have words. You filled his mouth with your words and your perspective. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus as we go through life that you would fill us with your understanding, with your vision, with your words. Empower, equip us to step up, to stand out, to tell people to invite them to the party, to invite them to your house, to bring them into your home. Lord, I ask God for a grace, a boldness. Come on, say, Lord, fill me with boldness. Come on, say, Lord, fill me with boldness. Fill me with strength to step up. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that this church will be focused on what you care about the loss that we are focused we are mindful we are have a passion we have a purpose we are going after the loss for you father we love you if you're here today you've never made jesus the lord of your life he loves you he's for you he's not against you he knew you were going to be here today He wants to touch your life. He wants to to fill you with his grace and his love and his mercy. He wants to restore you. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we're gonna pray a prayer together as a family, as a church. And I want you to pray that prayer, to believe it in your heart, to speak it out in faith and to trust the Lord. And the Lord promises that he will fill you with his love and his grace, and you will start a brand new day and journey serving Jesus. Come on, let's pray this together. Say, Father, I choose today to believe in Jesus. I give you my life. I let go. I surrender, come into my life. Fill me with your presence and your goodness and your love and your glory. Lord, I believe that you died for me. You went to the cross for me, but you rose victoriously three days later for me. I love you and I believe in you. And I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Can we give it up for everybody that prayed their prayer today? Come on, can we give it up for the word of God today? Can we give it up for the lost people we're going to go reach? Can we give it up for 23 and all that God's going to do? Come on.